Wanna play a game? The Scene on Screen podcast presents Three Men in a Meeple. Are you interested in playing games that don't appear on a screen? Well, that's why we're here. Join David, Sean, and Owen while they talk about all things tabletop. Now pass the dice, because our next turn starts now. <laughs> well, 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 welcome to another exciting episode of Three Men and a Meeple, where... I guess spooky season has taken over, even our intro. With me, as always, I have Devilish David and Hello. our still ghoulish friend, Ominous Owen. Ooh. See, I still kind of gave you the good friend title, but I have this, this slight feeling that you're going to lose the moniker very, very soon. But as we've learned, I will get it back. I, I will work. You know what? Put in the effort to get that title back. I, we'll you know, see. I need it. I need it. I hand out good friend tokens like it's candy on Halloween. And that's why we're here today, everyone. We're here to talk about spooky games, talk about games that you might want to have at a Halloween themed game party. But more importantly, I'm here to catch up with two of my good friends, see how they're doing. We haven't recorded a standalone episode in a while. Um, I hope you all enjoyed our clue episode. Uh, we sure did. I'm still confused as to how David won, but that's another mystery for not today. Guys, how the hell are you? Uh, David? <laughs> oh, <so laughs> He's just waiting. He's just waiting. He doesn't want to get me all yeah. worked up already. I'm doing yeah. great. You know, it's been... Yeah. Uh, I've been getting some spooky games in over the last uh, few weeks, which is perfect time to do that. October is the ultimate spooky season. Um, but other than that, you know, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been mostly watching uh, spooky movies, you know, just Ooh. trying to get into the trying to get into the season. And then uh, I haven't really played too many spooky games yet, um, but that's coming. That's coming. I'll, I'll, I'll get a few in. Yeah. Other than that, uh, just been out buying board games. <laughs> Wow. Uh, getting to that in a moment, I was going to just say I have not played a single spooky game unless you're talking Back for Blood. And I've watched an awful lot of Supernatural. And it used to be like not to my own will. And now right. I'm just willing to sit on the couch and watch it. So like what season of Supernatural? Like, uh, how far I, are you in? I think we're on season four or five. Um, okay. I don't watch every episode. I will say that. I'm like, it's more of a I'm in passing kind of thing. But it's there's some really neat stories and there's some really terrible ones. And like the fact that they keep dying, like this isn't Buffy. Come on, guys. Right. I like the first couple seasons of uh, Supernatural where the episodes don't always kind of story arc where they just have like these really fun one offs. Yeah. Those are a good time. The one where they're trapped in a TV show or like the one I watched last night, they were after a guy who did a, a magic spell on a tarot card and he wouldn't die in any of his acts but everybody else would so oh, he would like steal other magicians like tricks and they would die it was kind of cool right pretty so, good uh, i i couldn't help but hear you you purchased some board games now this is a board game show and i'm very interested as to what you purchased and how your experience was 
All right. So I got, I wrote a list because I knew I wouldn't remember. So the other day, you know, you bought a lot of board games when you don't remember the games that you bought. That's how it goes. Where I'm like, oh yeah, what did I buy? But uh, I got Unfathomable, which is an Arkham Horror game. So that's going to be a good spooky game for the spooky season. That's the new one that just recently came out. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, because that re implemented Battlestar Galactica. Uh, So that was good. Uh, Black Rose Wars. I got the Goonies board game. Always good. Wait, Red it, the, the Goonies one that lo- is like horrified? The Ravensburger one? Yeah. Yeah. Ravensburger makes a lot of like similar looking games and theme games, but that looks really good. It looks like kind of more puzzle based. Um, you bought Black Rose Wars, huh? I did. I have that one. Well, why didn't you tell how, me? Why did you store it at his house? Why but, didn't you tell me that you were buying board games? Oh, okay. You bought board games without me. I can't believe this. Hey, I did worse than that. I went to free RPG day with Oh, well, you son of a bitch. You Okay, here's the pro- here's the thing. If you're going to be a good friend, especially mm-hmm. one that enjoys to play board games and do stuff with me, you got to tell me these things. Yeah. Okay. You know, the first time that it happened was free comic book day. Right. And remember how you went to the game store and bought like a shit ton of stuff and you told me after the fact. Remember that? I do. Uh, I do. And then you were like, okay. And then you had the audacity to tell me, oh, oh you can go and line up. It was pretty long, though. And yeah, no. All right. Look, look, you know, next time, next time I'm going to put a little thing in my phone that's like on like the next like free comic book day. The next day I'm going out like text David, let him know. All right. I'm going to try on the day, not on the day, because you did that on the day. You did it like in the middle of the afternoon. I was like, yeah, you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to buy a shit ton of board games for really cheap. But you know what's the most ironic thing, though, is like just a few weeks ago, uh, we had an episode on thinning out our collections. And Owen, if I recall correctly, you said that you were looking to get rid of a bunch of games because your collection was getting too big. It is, yeah. It's it's too big, <laughs> and yet you just bought how many games? Oh, I didn't. I'm not done the list. I'm not. Done. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll finish up the list. I got the Goonies game. We got Red Rising. We got Ticket to Ride. We got Aquila Corn Cove. We got Last Defense, Anachrony, Fractured Time, and then we got the uh, Star Wars Forest and Destiny RPG starter book. Oh, now you've done it on his turf. Are you, you fucking went- kidding me? You went to free RPG day <laughs> and got a Star Wars game Hold and flaunted it in his face. Hold, what what Star Wars <laughs> RPG did you get? Like you Force got like Destiny. a you got a the beginner box? No, I or got the like core, the, the core the, rule book. The core rule book. Oh, okay, that's fine. You're gonna okay. need that for when we play. You that, that's why I got it. I got it for us, David. So <laughs> I could re- we could read the rules. You're and- not a good friend. I can't gonna, believe you've done this. I was off all day yesterday, too. Well, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. We could have done stuff. I'll get you no, next Because one of my other friends asked me to go do something, so we ended up playing board games together. So, what? Wow. You, played, you played board games without me? Was you know it Twilight? What? Was it Twilight Imperium or just the <laughs> Twilight board game? We actually I can took, see you playing both. We actually took Twilight Imperium 
and it was we were outside and it was kind of cold. I'm like, oh, I have this game. It's trash. So we use that and, <laughs> and turned it into a, a, a nice fire, a, nice, a nice big fire, a fire in a uh, barrel oil oil drum. And oh you, threw, you, threw, you made sure you threw it in there with all the sleeves on it too. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh Doritos sticky <laughs> fingers are no match for this game. Yeah. yeah then you passed out from the, the plastic fumes. Oh I honestly God. can't I can't believe you've done this. You know what? All right, we're we're getting a little a little heated here. I think we need to take it back. I'm sorry for not mentioning it. It was kind of a, a spur of the moment thing where me uh-huh. and my wife were out about doing so. We're like, hey, it's free RPG, but like we we totally forgot until like last minute and we went out and we got it. You few, still could have little... told me. You still <laughs> could have told me. But don't worry. <sighs> don't worry, because you're gonna get a text message at five o'clock on free comic book day. When there's no good free comic books left, and no one will be like, "Did my job?" I texted you. I already went, but yeah. I reminded you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll. Uh, do you want me? To, do you want to make it worse? I can make it worse if you want. <sighs> yes, please, 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 please. Okay, at four hundred one games, they had twenty percent off everything. Wait, you you drove by my house to get to four hundred one games? Didn't <laughs> oh, sorry, not four hundred one games. No, sorry. Yeah, I went to Toronto to go to Free Now. It was um, Game Chamber had like twenty percent off everything, and then oh um, really? La so that, had that like put twenty. Hmm? So that twenty percent off everything at Game Chamber put them to actually the same price at as everything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I went to LA Moods, and their clearance table was amazing. So I saved a ton of money on their clearance table. Do you have any regrets? Is there a game you missed? Uh, there's probably about 20 games I missed, but <laughs> I can't buy them all, right? Just no no more hands to carry them or would like what? There was a I I was actually like, "Hey Brit, should we get this one too?" She's like, "No." <laughs> like, "Okay. This is enough." I like literally like, "Yeah, it was I had like four boxes like stacked and like Black Rose War is big and heavy and so, but yeah, so I did, I did a bad, I, I went and I bought more board games when I shouldn't have, but I also got rid of one. I got rid of uh, the legendary Marvel deck building game, which I was like, my brother-in-law is a big Marvel fan. So I gave it to him. The, what, the, uh, the Marvel champions one. No, it was, uh, it's the legendary series. So it's like a deck builder. It, we, we bought it like five years ago. And I think we played it twice. So. Out, out the door it goes. Is that the one I was looking at, David, or was it Marvel Champions? I think you were looking at Champions. I'm looking at the box art right now to see if I'm mad at Owen. I don't even really care. Owen, you're you're not a good friend anymore. Um, you know what, David? I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on my uh, my friendship skills, and you'll be. You got to work on your communication skills. I have bad communication skills. That is that is true. But wow. you know what? Next time, buddy. Next time I got uh-huh. you. And we'll uh Fool me once. Shame on you know what, you. We, we need to start fooling. Fool me twice. You, you can't fool me twice because You're already shamed you already, publicly. You already fooled me once. That's right. Do you know um, how many people quote that and don't know it? It's from <laughs> it's from when Bush said it. Yeah, when he was just No, but he got fooled man. three times. <laughs> And he didn't. He didn't realize that it was like "fool me once, shame on you; fool me twice, shame on me." And then he's like, "Fool me three times," and then he said it again. Yeah, he's like, "I won't be fooled the fourth time." No, of course not. But yeah, you know what, David? We should plan our own 
adventures. I know like in London, we don't have too many places to adventure, but we should do that. We should make a day where we just go out and do that. Like you and Sean have. Okay. Well, well you're now gonna I have feel to, excited. You're gonna have to... <laughs> well, <clears throat> see in London, I just do my shopping and adventures by myself. And I think, oh, golly, I wish someone would be super excited to go out shopping and board game exploring with me. And see, see the big difference between you and Sean is that Sean actively makes plans. He's like, Hey, when are you coming down next to hang out? Mm, okay. Yeah. I, I don't, that's I good, don't go to good. London because I don't fuck with London. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Sean always has good friend status. Well, see, I think I'm just scared. I'm scared that if we were to go board game shopping together, we would just like, you know, we would just go ham wild. It'd just be well. You know what? Board you games know, fly all over the place. We make you'd probably save a lot more money though, because you'd be like, "Oh, I want to buy this game," and I'd say, "Yeah, I have that game." You'd be like, "Oh, okay, sweet," <sighs> and I'd be like, "Oh, I want, to, I want to buy this game," and you'd be like, "No, I have this game." I'm like, "Okay, sweet," and we probably wouldn't buy as much stuff because we would realize that one of us has majority of the games that we want to buy. Not only that, yeah. when we go on our adventures, it's a little bit more balanced because we also are like, oh, I could end up spending something on like a video game or a cool retro like toy or something. You never know what you're going to find. Unfortunately, though, like London doesn't really have as much of a selection as just the GTA. So right? like, you'd be surprised. There, there is a lot more little shops popping up that sell board games like the Mana Cafe. Have you been there yet? Not yet, no. Yeah, see, like that, or like uh, Saga, the board game cafe. So London's getting a few more cool things. Tilt, they just opened a Tilt in. Uh, in oh London, yeah, I got it. I've been wanting to check that out for a little while. You see, know what we, we should, should check we out should... though. Spooky games. Yes. Yeah. yeah so we've, we've far been going off yeah. yeah, we got this. This, is, this got this heated. Happens. This got... Yeah. This is. This is what you wanted, Sean. <laughs> you wanted a heated argument. So. Uh. But yes, to the topic at hand, it is spooky season. The best time of year to play scary games, watch scary movies, and listen to Michael Jackson's Thriller on repeat. Over and over. Uh, over and over. So today we are talking about some of our favorite um, scary games to play for Halloween. Uh, so we've all kind of selected a few of our favorite games. We're going to talk a little bit about each one and why we think that they are uh, great games to play at this time of year, uh, what makes them great and what we enjoy about them. And then we're going to finish off with a little sneak preview of our upcoming, our next episode. Oh, so, and we forgot to tell you, Owen and I created a game and we weren't going to tell you until the show almost ended, but we're going to play a little game with you today on the podcast. It's going to be fun. And yeah, you have to participate or our fans will boo you. <laughs> Like it, like All a right. ghost. I'll be like, boo. Ooh. Or would they be like, boo? Yeah. Maybe. All right. So um, <laughs> there is no shortage of horror-themed games from HP Lovecraft games to HP uh, Lovecraft games. No. Yeah. <laughs> Other things with the demons and monsters and uh, mysteries, murders, stuff like that. Dracula's. So, yeah, well, Dracula's. You know, mm -hmm. what was Fury of Dracula? Mm, blah, blah. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, Owen, yes, I know that you have a massive collection. I have a but, few. But uh, I'm going to get you to uh, start off with what 
would your suggestions be for some of your favorite spooky based board games to play? So I actually have a, I know we said just a couple, I have quite an extensive list. I'll just read off the list and I'll, I'll pick like one or two of them, but uh, I chose nemesis, which is a great um, alien kind of um, horror game, alien RPG, which is an RPG. It's not a board game technically, but it's on my list. Escape from aliens in outer space. You can see my theme here. I'm going aliens and, and, and other stuff. Uh, Dark Moon, Campy Creatures, uh, Last Friday, Hako Ona, and Nightmare. You guys play Nightmare? I have uh, yeah, like the VHS game. Yeah, I'm, that's what yes. I'm talking about. Yeah. Nightmare is is a staple of my childhood. Oh my god, I love it. All right, well, tell it's us a little a, bit about it. So yeah, you you basically. Uh, God, it's been, I think I, we played it last year. I'm trying to remember how to play it because I've only played it once and that was last year. Wait, you've only played it once? I, I, you know what? As a kid, it freaked me out. It, I was like, oh my God, this game looks intense. And I was like literally scared to play it. <laughs> that was going to be like a VHS situation where I play the game and then I die. So, oh, uh, maybe. so I, I only played it for the first time last year. I found it at a value village and. Then we were like, oh man, like VHS. And then we found you can actually get the video for the game on YouTube. It's like there's a bunch mm-hmm. of versions of it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so we got everybody together. We got around the TV. We loaded up the video. And yeah, you you have your pawns on a board and you're essentially trying to get around the board uh, into a safe zone. Is that kind of how it goes? Yeah, that's, that's and, right. And then uh, as you're playing the... Um, is it the gatekeeper is his name? The gatekeeper, yes. He he stops and he yells. He's like, oh, you maggots. The person with the the youngest person has to do this. And you have to, or, and you have to say, yes, gatekeeper. Yes, yes my whatever. gatekeeper. Yeah, yes. you have to refer yeah, to him yeah. as oh, yes, my, my gatekeeper. Oh, my God. It's so fun. And like so, that, it's so like you turn down the lights and, and you turn the, the volume up. And oh, my God, it's such a good time. That would be a, that would be a good showcase game to see if we can figure out how to make it work play the video and and, yeah and play the game but uh for that was a for someone who loves this game so much you've only played it once okay so (laughs) well i'm just saying like that like this is a interesting game i i know quite a bit about this game just because i played it a lot as a kid um my best friend growing up she had this this game and we would play it all the time. We, we would play in the middle of December. We played in the middle of summer. It was great. This is a game that we would turn the lights down. So we just had the light of the TV and a, a few like flashlights so we could see the, the board game. So yeah, pretty much Owen, you're right. You're trying to get to safety in this uh, on the board. There's a VHS and you pop that in and it's about an hour long and you mm-hmm. have a set number of like, you have a certain amount of time to, get to the end and every so often the gatekeeper will jump in stop the game and makes you do various different things so yeah like like you said one of the things is uh, the youngest person would have to do something it could be like the person who just rolled the person who was closest to whatever spot on the board so it was uh there's like lots of ominous music in Ugh. in it and i think we're going to touch on that a little bit later in the the episode but i think that's what made that game so amazing is like the music and the atmosphere that it made um 
it was scary. It was definitely a scary game. I played that game a lot when I was like really young, like 10 years old. Um, like it's the jump scare as well, right? When the gatekeeper pops up and it's just a big crash of thunder. Spoilers I've never played. Oh, oh no. Sorry, it, it it's not spoiler that that spoilery, but uh, I know that they re- they did come out with a few different versions of the game or like sequels um, with various different ones. They had um, Baron Samadhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a witch. They had a few other ones. And eventually they upgraded to DVD. Um, right. I've never played any of the other ones. But the coolest thing, the, the thing that was really cool about this game is that the, the production quality for the the video is actually pretty good for the time um and ever so often or as the game progressed the the gatekeeper became oh, right. more like dead and decrepit and stuff like that, that it's so, so like, subtle too it's great yeah. yeah so that is a game yeah absolutely i think that is a perfect game to get the atmosphere going yeah I think, for uh, spooky season i think we're gonna end up playing that this halloween as well so we'll see nice uh if we get together and, and do something i want to play that because that is my this is halloween game and i like that's like it's a game that i want to play once a year and only once a year because i feel like if you played it a bunch it would get old right because you know it, it's a video right so the stuff happens all at the same time all in the same mm-hmm. order so i think that's one of those once a year games that you break out in spooky season with yeah a, with the only the, the only variation that really happens in that game is based off of your dice rolls and kind of right. who you're playing with but and like where you are on the board yeah yeah all right so nightmare also it's also called atmosphere if you ever oh, see yeah, a copy atmosphere, of atmosphere that's right atmosphere like actually i think there's a copy of atmosphere at um there's a store in London right now that, that has a copy of it. Oh, now you're telling me. Well, I just rem- I, I was in there like forever <laughs> ago. It's probably still there. It might not be. All right. But All right. What's your next uh, spooky game? Or do we well, want to just do round tables? So, Sean, do you want to? Sean, do you, what's your spooky game? Uh, or your first of, first of two? So uh, I'm going to go with a classic that's not necessarily spooky but we have talked about it a few times on the show. I'm a very big fan of playing villainous. I, okay. I enjoy playing the villain. Um, as you know, in our friendship, I like to play the villain all the time. No, I'm this kidding. is true. No, this is I'm true. I'm not Owen, <laughs> but this is makes, also true. What makes hey, villainous so unique anyways, to me is the, the, the utter chaos that you can cause by not only blocking your opponent, but if you're playing more, than just like a one-on-one game and you're playing with those villains and you're trying to get into the mood and you have like that old school Disney music on and stuff. Hmm. It brings yeah. up that atmosphere, right? Like you, you do feel like you're really in those games. And when I play something like villainous, it's like, I know I want to have kind of like a, I don't know, a more haunting mood at some points. Like you don't think of flowers and butterflies and blue skies when you're playing as friggin' Cruella de Vil. Or Thanos, or, or like Ursula. Yeah, um, Ursula is a really good one. And what's the um, King John? Like you, do, like nothing. Right. N- none of those characters scream blue skies. It's all ominous vibes. So right. that's now one of my favorite games to play. Were you Just afraid to, like, of Disney villains as a kid? Is that a thing? Like, were you like, oh my god, the Wicked Witch, and like freaking out, or 
No, but didn't a lot of the old school Disney animation have like a very specific like uh, what is it called a a cell shade for when they were laughing and popping off? So like the light would flicker behind it to make it look like they were really scarily yeah. like pulsing. Usually, there was usually a lot of um, lightning and you know storms and stuff going on when the villain was at the peak of their villainous. Ooh, I yeah, like yeah. Like, well, what, as a kid, was there a Disney villain that would that scared you at all? Just, you know, curious. Maleficent was fucking terrifying. Yeah, she was badass. Cool. Like, there, that is a bad, bad <laughs> character. Also, uh, Hades was kind of spooky. Oh, he was just intense. He was like fire and freaking out all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's a vibe for me. I like I don't have a lot of board games or spooky board games. Uh, I'm more of a video game kind of guy. But because I've gotten into games over the last few years, I don't really have the collection that I think some people would deem appropriate for this question. But we do play Villainous a lot and it is a lot of fun. And uh, mm. we we have two expansions and I'm working on adding more. And I hope there are more. I think Villainous is actually a like a great game to play in spooky season because you could really make um, a good party out of it. You know, get people to dress up as the villain that they're playing as battle Royale style. Once you're dead, you're out. The cool thing about (laughs) um, the cool thing about villainous is that it has a fairly low um, introduction cost because you don't need the base. Like you don't need the core game. You could buy one of the expansions that are, are slightly cheaper um, because you don't need like they're all interchangeable, right? So does it come with two in the, for the expansions? The like expansions is, is three characters. Oh, then yeah, totally. And like, I think, cause it probably comes with the tokens and stuff you need, or you can just yeah, it get comes your with, own tokens. It right? comes with tokens, uh, tokens in the expansions as well to, so I think you have enough tokens in the expansion boxes to play with two or three people. Anyway, so um, the one villain that I dislike playing is or playing with is Queen of Hearts mm. because they that one has a very easy way to, to win. It's actually really easy for them to win. They pretty much just have to collect certain cards and then just roll a dice. Well, right. that's like King John or Prince John because all you have to do is collect money. And if people aren't paying attention to you at the table, you win very quickly. Yeah, right. I find um, weak, or, um, villainous, I want to call it wicked. I find villainous to have a very like low learning curve. So if you like, you can play it with younger people, you can play it with people who are just getting into board games where like everybody it's asymmetric and you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve your own goals. And if mm-hmm. you, and your, your, your board is laid out in a way that it's like, it just tells you like, Oh, you're trying to do this and here's your cards that will let you do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a good, it's a good spooky season one. It's a good new, new board game player one. So. It also has a lot of strategy because each villain that you're playing as has their own requirements on how they have to win. Mm-hmm. And no one really knows that. So you're, you're focused on your track and you're playing a game a certain way, but everyone else is playing it slightly differently. Uh, and it's amazing how everyone can play essentially a different way the end goal is all the same, right? Like they can still interact with each other the same way, but they're all doing something slightly different. Yeah. Which I love cool. that. It's really good. And then if you see somebody starting to take off, you can block them, I believe, right? You can like play cards that will block 
kind of yes, like yeah. work a little harder to get rid of them. That's and good. Don't don't you hate too when you're you're playing and because it's so villain focused, you see like Peter Pan show up. You're like, get the fuck out of here, Peter. Yeah, this ain't your, <laughs> this ain't your game, fool. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Like, rip the, the card in half. I, I still haven't picked up the Marvel one, but to me, it's one of the most compelling. But I also don't want to fight my own heroes, so it's like tough. Oh, I see. You get that. Uh, you get that conflict. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. You, there's a Thanos token, a Hela, Ultron. I think it's Taskmaster and Killmonger. So like, they're really good villains. Yeah, you don't want Thanos to win. Come on. I think I'd let him win. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd have a choice. It seems like he would just win regardless. If he snaps his fingers, I die. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, moving on. Mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. Uh, first game selection. Like there are so many games that I would probably try and talk about. Um, much like Owen, I have a extensive list of board games, and many would fit the spooky season theme, but. I'm going to say my all-time absolute favorite game. I'm always down to play this one. And it was one of the first games that really piqued my interest in more, I don't know, non-traditional games, would be Elder Sign. It's a game from 2011. It's another Fantasy Flight Arkham Horror game. Uh, It has It's a dice chucker, which I know some people don't like the randomness of dice chucking games. But there's just something about this game that it's it's very luck based but it just adds to the atmosphere of the game so the story behind the game is you are investigators trying to ward off the great old one from arising and at night you are exploring the arkham museum and you go through different rooms and each room something is happening you know like whether a portal is open to another world or like there's like creatures that are emerging or monsters and whatnot and you have to roll dice and match the symbols on the cards to complete the tasks. And so some of them might have, so they have like the classic symbols for, for Arkham games. You know, they have tentacles, they have uh, magnifying glasses. This one has also skulls and like documents, like a rolled document. So you right, match like clues these, or something. Right? Yeah. So you match these symbols and on on the cards and so the cards might have like two or three rows so once you've completed all of those um rows while matching your dice you then have completed that room and you collect the card and that's um worth a certain number of points that you can spend to either heal yourself get extra dice and whatnot Hmm. um if you win you get good things if you lose you get bad like bad things happen this is a very difficult game it can be extremely difficult um but when you win it is so satisfying um yeah those those types of games where it is just such a slog and you, you know what 90 percent of the chance like time you lose <laughs> like when mm-hmm. you do win oh it's that great feeling and uh the game has uh, a bunch of expansions that actually um i have a few i have one that's called it's a small expansion called grave consequences so normally in the the game when you die like you're you just died you're you're out right grave consequences this is a little mini expansion so you actually come back but you have a phobia of some sort oh that's so it's a permanent handicap that you get for the rest of the game so then it does make it significantly harder for you but you're still kind of in the game um which is really cool. 
And then I also have um, another one of like the, the boxed expansions. Um, and some of them add, I have unseen forces. So this one was pretty interesting because it adds some extra dice. It adds a blessed and a cursed dice. So these are just uh, a, a, the cursed dice pretty much means that if you whatever icon is on that dice, you actually subtract it from the ones that you've rolled. Okay. So it actually makes it harder. But then the blessed dice lets, is just an added dice. So there's like a lot of the Fantasy Flight Arkham games, there's a ton of expansions for this. They're not all needed. Right. The base game is more than enough, <clears throat> excuse me, to satisfy that there is one actually called i believe it's the gates of arkham which actually completely changes the um the game in the sense that it's the same concept but you're now going through the the city of arkham the the investigation has expanded from just the the museum to include the city uh right. there's so there's a there's a bunch of stuff on there. I think this is such a good game. Um, I ha- it's super easy to learn. It's super easy to play. Um, this is one game that I also have went out and I purchased the official game mat. Oh, nice! Um, because I found it for fairly cheap, and and I play this game quite a bit. That is like, you know what? This is really cool. I'm I can justify purchasing this just for this game. And the game mat's pretty big, and it has like a map of the the museum, like blueprints, which is really cool. So it just adds to the cool. theme of the game because you can place your cards in the certain areas, and it feels like you're like, okay, everyone's looking at a map, and like I'm going to go to this room and complete this, and then you come back to the the entrance. You're like, okay, what did you, what happened? Oh man, I lost. You know, it's it's pretty right. cool. Yeah, really you talked like this about game. you talked about this game quite a bit, and I don't think we've played it yet. Like I, I think you brought it over once, and we didn't get a chance to play it. No, but like you you're always talking about it and I really want to play it. So maybe the next time you come over, you should, uh, you should bring it over. We should give it a try. Cause yeah, you got me, yeah. you got me pumped about it. Yeah. Sounds good. And like furthermore, like the Arkham horror universe, like fantasy flight has had the Arkham license for God knows how long forever. Well, I think it's actually, um, well, there's no I copyright they, on it, right? No, no, there isn't because it's, it's Lovecraft. And I think they've just created their own brand called Arkham horror. So most of the Fantasy Flight games, you have to check the box for Unfathomable if you have it there, if it has the Arkham Horror logo on it. It is Arkham Horror themed, yeah. Um, So Fantasy Flight, and I was talking about this with um, my buddy the other day because we were playing Mansions of Madness, another Fantasy Flight um, Lovecraft themed game. But uh, we were saying, I was telling him how Fantasy Flight games has their brand that they've made but lovecraft itself so cthulhu um the what is it the yellow guy yogseath oh yeah the great old one the great old one you know cultists all of those concepts are you know fair game they're yeah public domain anybody yeah public domain that's what i'm just trying to say anybody can make an Arkham horror style game or a style yeah. a game with, with those concepts or themes. Yeah. And it's actually probably one of the most popular themes to create modern horror games. 
Right. Well, like Lovecraft, uh, I don't know if you've read any of his stuff. It's oh, all yes, I have. A, I have a collection of all of his yeah. his books. Yeah, I have the Necronomicon. I've read some of his stuff, but yeah, he is kind of uh, coined as the 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 father of of horror. Right. He started mm-hmm. writing in eighteen ninety. But if you look crazy. at uh, if you look at the the difference between like the Arkham horror, like the Lovecraft style things versus other traditional horror stuff. Like we'll, we'll take Nemesis, for example. Mm-hmm. Nemesis is like, is the typical, it's like the monster is hunting us. This is scary. You know, right. You know, we, yeah. there's nothing like, this is a creature that is always here kind of thing that's hunting us. Whereas the, the Lovecraft stuff, it's a lot of like psych, like psychology it's and psych- physical, yeah. like, stress right right um so it's a it's about going crazy and madness and yeah seeing something yeah seeing something so overwhelming to your senses that it makes you go insane yeah um fighting like preventing cults from you know bringing back a a demigod to destroy the world and and you know so it's very much like like that kind of stuff and um some of the books that I've read, some of the stories, uh, some of uh, Lovecraft's short stories, and the way that he wrote and his descriptions of stuff just sent w- sent chills down my spine because it's not uh, it's not gruesome horror that we're, no, we're it's very like a lot of people are using. It's just the yeah the way that things are described. You can just like you can picture it perfectly and you can feel it, and it's this looming dread of not being able yeah. to get free from this and that's what i love about elder sign is that it it i really think that it encompasses the feeling of a lovecraft book that dread of this is this is tough but if we just like if we try hard enough and if we're lucky and that's the thing is like if you're right. lucky enough you can actually succeed um but yeah i think that's what makes lovecraft yeah. stuff so good i'd say like any of the like any of the um arkham horror like Mansions of Madness, anything like HP Lovecraft themed, like any of those games, you're going to get a good uh, thematic experience out of it. Because I find on all the cards, they have wonderful flavor text. Like every card you Mm -hmm. play will have a little blurb on it describing Mm -hmm. the situation or like, you know, having a cool little quote and it really pulls you into the game. So they do a really great job of -hmm. uh, of making those um, thematic experiences. Yeah. So, Owen, what's your uh, next? So this is actually an interesting game one. suggestion. Um, it's called Hako Ona, and it's more of a Japanese style horror, like your uh, like your rings or your grudges. Um, but it's actually funny. Uh, I actually have not played this game because it's three to five, which is always an annoying number when it's just me and my wife, and whenever we get with a bunch of people together, you know we don't always play something horror themed if it's like the middle of summer so maybe we'll try to get this game in this spooky season but it's um i'll I'll read a little bit of the uh the flavor text um so i lived with my father after mother left my father was nice gave me nice things then scary men arrived my father in a panic pushed me down in a way too small box i heard my bone snap but i dared not scream I heard angry voices that then father never came back. I was left alone. This was a long time ago and I'm not alone all the time anymore. Sometimes people come to play 
I like to play hide and seek. And when I tire of that, I eat. So it's got this awesome, really creepy girl, little girl, you know, with her arms and legs all twisted up in a box artwork. And it's just super creepy. Um, so what kind of game is it? It's kind of like a, um, uh, God, what? I'm trying to think of the other game that this reminds me of. But you start in, in this house, you're like you're strangers in a house, and you're trying to find your way out by a few methods. You can try to um, open a safe to get the, the key out to open the front door, or you can try to like quell the spirit by finding items. You got to find like her bones, and then you got to find like a, like one of her stuffed bears or something, and then like cleanse the spirit kind of thing. So throughout the game, you're searching rooms and you're trying to find these items. But this little girl has these spirits that will also try to kill you. So you flip tiles. And if you find one of these spirits, you're dead. Like these monsters are are going to like eat you and you're pretty much out of the game. Um, But I find it interesting that they're so throughout the game, the person who's playing the little girl doesn't get a turn every round. Uh, they get a turn maybe every like four or five rounds. So because they're just so overpowered and they're trying to hunt these people down and trick them. Um, so it, it looks really cool and I'm really excited to play it. Uh, I know that there's this whole mechanic where once it's the little girl's turn, it's kind of a surprise. It's kind of like a shock. So the person who's playing the little girl is supposed to like slap the table really hard and like, you know, scare everybody, you know, um, yeah, that's uh, by WizKids, and it's called Hacka Ona. So, this is a kind of a cool mechanic. I'm just reading the uh, Board Game Geek because I've never heard of this right. before. I'm surprised. Uh, it says, during most of Hacka Ono's turn, the human players must keep their eyes closed so they cannot see where she moves or what action she has done. Hmm. That's really cool. So I guess it's kind of like a, a deduction game, right? Like, cause it's like there's hidden information or you're not sure what's going on. Like, right, it, trying- it does look pretty creepy. Yeah, like the artwork is is very, very like grudge, like very ring, like very you know mm-hmm. Japanese horror. And the, um, there's this weird stacking mechanic. So every turn, players have these discs, and some of them have a little kind of like a little bubble on them, and you need to stack the discs up. And as soon as the discs fall, then it's then it's the little girl's turn. Um, so that, that's kind of an interesting mechanic that I've never seen any other board game do. That's cool. Yeah, so that's my uh, that's my number two. Um, so I, I really want to try this game out because we've had it in our shelf for a little bit, and we just haven't had a chance to get it to the table yet. That's huh, a solid we'll number two. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, it, like the the box art and everything. It is actually even the, that stuff's spooky. It and like yeah. the boards and stuff like that. It's like really creepy. Yeah, on the inside of the box on the, on the lid it just has her like reaching out and it says game over in like huge letters <laughs> it's like oh my god so yeah, that's creepy. creepy that's pretty creepy i know uh sean we're gonna talk your your next game is gonna segue into our our next episode so if you don't mind we're gonna leave that one for last squid game squid game squid game <laughs> what, what what is this what are you talking about I finally watched uh, the first episode. I understand what the hype's all about now. Oh, right. Good. But um, yeah, be careful that that episode, that series, not to get too derailed, that series has left, left a last lasting impression on me. The last um, 
half. It's oh one of these God. things that I couldn't stop thinking about. So oh, um, just started yeah. to add on that. The kids outside my condo, like my unit, they were playing the red light, green light outside the one day. And all I hear was the kids going to like doing the little, the little song that they sing. And I was like, Oh my God, these kids, are they actually so, like playing? Fun fact. Um, the song that game that they're playing, it's red light, green light in North America. Mm-hmm. But in Korea, it's actually something else. And the song that they're singing is about like flowers or something like that. And in when we played North, Red Light, Green Light, you know, you just say red light, green light, right? right? But the song that they're singing in that one, it's actually the way that they would play it is they would change the tempo of the song. Right. So you could make it faster. You could make it slower. You could start off really fast, slow down, start off really slow, speed up. So like that's what makes that game difficult. Which is really cool, and uh, and that like do- creepy doll thing that is like a character from a lot of children's books. Interesting. Oh, that yeah. didn't surprise me. Did you not know, know that. Anyways, so, yeah, uh, back on. <laughs> moving on. My, yeah. uh, I I had mentioned this game earlier, and it's been mentioned a few times. But I'm going to say my second suggestion is Mansions of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another Fantasy Flight Arkham Horror game, and I could have selected any other of these games that I'm looking at right now. Um, I was actually thinking I I had mentioned dead of winter before. Um, You know, I'm going to talk about both of them. Actually, I'm going to do, this is a tie for me because Mansions of Madness is a great game to play with people who don't really want to fill around with learning rules and stuff like that. Cause it's a very basic game to learn. Um, Right. The requirement is though you need a tablet or a computer or even a phone if you are if you're psychotic and you want to play this on a small phone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you need an app. But the app is like a game master. It controls every aspect of the game. It tells you where the monsters are, what the monsters do. It tells you um, what actions you can do. Essentially, you know, like it it builds the map for you, and then you interact with that map on the game board and in the app. It has music. It's very thematic. It I played this the other night uh, three times. We did three different scenarios. We lost every single one of them. Oh my god! But it That's... was so much fun. It How was so much take? fun. Oh, uh, we started playing probably around two thirty, and we left around ten. Yeah, that's um, a lot with... of gaming, man. Oh wow. Um, and you know, this is just such a great game for. It's an expensive game. That's unfortunate. It's it's. I think base cost is over a hundred dollars in Canada. I think generally you can get it for around a hundred dollars, but um, it does include. Oh, sorry if you guys are hearing that right now. There's uh, apparently a it's okay. emergency outside. <laughs> so uh, it's just one of these games that is just anyone is able to play it, regardless of your level of skill playing board games, mm. because it's it doesn't require a lot of rules reading and rule understanding because the, the app tells you exactly what, what to do. Right. And like on your turn with those, like usually with those games, you, you do two actions on your turn. One of them is to, like to move. One of them is to like interact or attack. Right. Like, yeah. so as a, as a player, you don't need to know a ton of stuff unless you get into like the nitty gritty rules of like, what the cards do and everything like that. Which yeah, and even than yeah. that, the cards tell you exactly what they do. Right. right? Like yeah, that's there's true. very, there is some, amb- like, like some 
confusion with some of the mechanics in there that a lot of times like we we did have to look at the rule book or i had to look up online a few things in it but it's an, it wasn't anything game breaking because as a group you can kind of decide on how you want to go about doing a certain mechanic that isn't explicitly written in the rule book but um and then i'm gonna have to talk about dead of winter i'm gonna talk about this one a little longer i think because this one is one of the first group horror games that i played one of my buddies bought this game this was years ago and he's like i just got this new game it's called dead of winter zombie survival you are these survivors and you have to go out and collect resources and bring them back to your your um safe house and complete a task and this is quite possibly one of the hardest games i've ever played yeah i've beaten it maybe twice out of the dozen times i've played it but every time it's so much fun because of it's such a good teamwork game but there's also potential that someone's a traitor i like that i like the way they did that where it's um it's not every time so you you get two um task cards for every person then one traitor card you shuffle them up and you deal one to each person so there might be a traitor there might not at all yeah. and like with a lot of games where there's a traitor mechanic there's always a traitor when with this one there isn't so you could be suspicious and nobody could be a traitor so mm-hmm. i think that's Awesome. And then if you're a trader, you know, like you have to work with everyone for their the main game goal. But then at some point you have to if you want to win the game, you they have to fail. And you have right. to be sneaky about it. So, you know, every round there has to be enough food in the safe house to feed everyone who's there. So that includes the player characters, but then there's also unnamed characters that you collect along, helpless survivors that you collect along the way. So you have to have one food for every two people in the safe house. And there's, there's crisis, you know, that people have to, like yeah. individual crises that people have to uh, contribute each, to contribute yeah. to. So that's how you can slowly that that's pretty much how you give yourself away as a yeah. trader later on in the game, because they're, they're going to be going through, say they needed four food for like three food and one f- fuel. Well, they failed that crisis. And now everyone knows that there's a trader in the amongst us. So then that turns things around because then it adds this, sense of distrust towards everyone right and when it's and a game where you need to work so closely together to like actually beat it yeah it it really mm-hmm. just causes a lot of tension and really drives that like sense of like oh my god this is the end of days kind of thing so eventually you can start kind of figuring out who the traitor is or and you can vote to exile someone from the, the camp and if you are successful in that it's not the end of the game for that person which is really cool so if the traders being exiled they have another the, the gameplay changes for them and there's different things that they can do they can't go back into the camp but they can try and sabotage everyone else but if people exile the wrong person then that's really bad because it affects their morale and stuff like that and if your morale ever drops to zero or your the rounds drop to zero, the game is over. Right. Um, and on top of the main objective that everyone's trying to complete, every person has their own individual objective. So, for example, I could have one that says, I have to end the game with a firearm. Uh, Owen, you could have one where it says, you have to end the game with two medicine. And Sean might have to end the game with one fuel and one uh, like tool item. 
Right. We could complete our main objective, but if you don't have those things on your individual objective, you've technically lost the, lost game. the game. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that causes like people to hoard things like gasoline, like just say there's an, like a crisis where it's like, we need everybody to make gas. Well, you have a handful of gas. You don't want to submit it because, you know, because it's very hard to come by. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to complete your own objective. Next thing you know, you failed the crisis and now you're losing morale and stuff. So it really causes these awesome little decisions. Like, do Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, do I support the group or do I try to do my, like my own goals and maybe try to like make up for Mm -hmm. it later. And and that also causes distrust, right? It's like, who's not, who's not pulling their weight. And, and every so often each, each round, (laughs) each round, there's a, um, like a, a little story that happens or potentially, um, based off of what's going on in the game. So sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll move to a location and that is what triggers this event for that character. So it's, and they have like flavor text and stories and stuff like that. And that's how you can get more, more characters. My favorite thing though, is there's a mall Santa. Oh, character. yes. Forrest and Plum. Forrest Plum. He's the mall Santa. He's like a drunk. And one of the things that you can do with him is you can willingly kill that character to increase the morale of the, <laughs> the everybody camp. hates him so much that yeah, you can kill him to sa- sacrifice him to get you. Yeah. You can that. get some pretty interesting combinations, you know, like uh, we were playing the one time and I had the dog and he had a, he had a horse. Yep. He had, a, he had a rifle. So it's <laughs> just pretty he, funny. Yeah. That's great. For our, the dog and the horse friends though. No, yeah. The dog, like the, the dog was riding the horse. Yeah. He the dog was riding the horse. Yeah. And there's some expansions for that game as well. There's, I think there's two. Yeah, we have the it's the, the, the long colonies and long and night. the long night. Yeah, so I'm confused though about that one because the long night is a as a larger expansion. Is that and it requires uh, warring no, colonies. No, uh, long night is a standalone. It just adds different characters and some like different zombies to fight. Which I I wasn't a big fan of long night. I think it made it more difficult than it had to be. They should have just. Release more already hard enough as it is. Yeah, and then um, warring colonies. It's like uh, a four v four, I think, or it's like a team based thing where there's two different colonies and you're like oh, battling okay. for resources gotcha. and stuff. So gotcha. it's kind of neat. Um, cool. For me, Dead of Winter isn't a spooky season game. That's a like winter. There's like a foot of snow on the ground, and I just want to like I don't know. For me, I, like I'm. Do you not remember trick or treating? Do you not remember trick or treating having to wear a winter jacket because it snowed? Well, it's either, yeah, every Halloween it's either <laughs> raining or snowing. You don't get yeah. you, you don't get a nice. Not in Ontario, they want to either cancel Halloween or make it the beginning of October. Every day should be Halloween in October. Halloween, just make <laughs> Hall-a-week. a whole week. The Halloween. Yeah. Let's not get greedy. Let's just go a little bit at a time. Okay, yeah. fine. Halloween. Like Halloween. Um, yeah. So before we talk about uh, my favorite and a shared one around the table, I want to talk about atmosphere really quickly, because I think when it comes to spooky games and just games in general, really, the mm-hmm. immersion of playing a board game is so crucial to the people you're with and the surroundings around you. you can't really like fire up a board game while having a hockey game on in the background because I'm going to pay attention to the hockey game. Well, we did right. have the hockey game on the other day. 
Well, I, you know, you know what I mean though. Like, if there's yeah. something to distract you, you might not pay attention to what's going on at the mm-hmm. around the board, which could be detrimental to your game, or could also make the people around you feel like you're less involved, engaged, or immersed. And the one thing I love about spooky games, and David actually taught me this, oh, like two years ago, we were playing a little game called Horrified. And the first thing he did was he's like, "You have your Chromecast on?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he hooked into my Chromecast. And he played some like 1960s, like uh, spooky movie music. I think from yeah, uh, just Swamp different, mo- yeah, just different movie like the classic movie monster theme music and stuff like that. Yeah, immediately, like we didn't have the TV on, we just had some of that music, and we were playing the game. And as you're moving your people around the board, you feel like you're actually moving your people around the board. And I think like, atmosphere is yeah. so important mm-hmm. because it- you just you get involved it really is it's super important for like just like you don't need it like you can play the game and you can have just like music on regular music or you know um, if you're near a tv have the tv on but i just it's such a waste not to have that awesome kind of music to help draw you into the game that you're playing like yeah like now some games don't, so, some games don't really work well for that you know like um Monopoly and no. sorry and those classic games, but for thematic games, absolutely, I think it just really adds to the experience of the game. And honestly, every single time that I'm playing a game with my significant other, um, we will just load up. There's actually a website that I always go to. It's called mellowdice.org. M e l o d-i-c-e it is a crowdsourced website with music playlists for board games uh this is amazing you type in the game that you're playing so let's let's type in horrified and there's a list of all these games and people have made these playlists of music that works for this game i know that when we played twilight imperium last time um i loaded i connected my phone to uh the speaker at your place and played music for twilight Imperium. It's very like sci-fi themed stuff. And it just gets you so focused into the game. There's and a 10 hour re- playlist. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, let me see. Twilight Imperium fourth edition. It is 19 hours and 42 minutes. Well done. That's just enough, just <laughs> enough time to just play enough for, just enough to set up the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like, and and I think Sean now, like when you play games and stuff like that, do you usually try and put music on? Uh typically, yeah. Like when we're playing Seven Wonders, we just listen to like pop music or something. It's just mm-hmm. so we don't have any other distractions. But mm-hmm. yeah, typically. You know, like yeah. we were playing um we picked up uh Victorian Masterminds a few weeks ago. Um and you know, pop that on and put some played some music for Victorian masterminds and it's sometimes the music is in like through melody. Sometimes the collection isn't always super accurate, but this one was just one hour of steampunk music for this one. Yeah, and Victorian masterminds cool. is like a steampunk kind of theme themed mm. game. And it worked right. Like it's just something in the background to get you focused more on the game. Right. Um, even Spotify will have some cool stuff. So if you went on Spotify and you, you punched in like um, ambient, you know, horrors, whatever, it'll bring up a playlist. I remember the one was like a lot of like Bates Motel and different um, 
like original soundtracks of creepy shows. And like, even that, that's pretty good. Um, it will really kind of draw you into a, a creepy mm-hmm. game. Or if you're playing a high fantasy game, put on the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. whatever it is that will like push you that little bit farther into the game and, and really make you feel that experience. And that's what is great about some of these games with apps. Uh, Mansions of Madness is a prime example because the app has soundtrack in the background. So there's lots of music and stuff like that. It has sound effects for other things that are going on as well. But music is something that I think is so overlooked in board games because it's traditionally not a digital media that you're playing, right? Right. But I think more and more games that are... Uh, I've, I'm seeing more and more games with companion apps that can just that are just for ambient music, or you can use it to um, kind of organize your game, but it also has a music option. Dead of Winter actually has an official. There's an official uh, soundtrack for Dead of Winter, and you know what it is? It's just kind of like atmospheric. It's, it's not music, but it's is it it's the wind. zombies it's, like? Is it the zombies going like? Yeah, it's like zombie sounds. It's wind. (laughs) It's like creatures. And it just makes you feel like you're there. And it just makes it so much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm, For sure. Especially when we, the first time I played Mansions of Madness with, um, with Angela, the first thing that I did was we dimmed the lights and I put, Ooh. Uh, we dimmed the light so that it was like dark in the apartment. We had like just a few little lamps over the table so we could see everything. And it was so like, it was actually like kind of spooky because all we had was the tablet there playing the spooky music. We were so immersed in it. The room was dark, so you couldn't really see anything else. All you could see was a table. It was great. It was a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, a, that's so great. <laughs> it's like the perfect spooky time story like that's what you want to be playing mm-hmm. on halloween it, it just brought me back to you know like when you're sitting around the campfire and one person has the flashlight and they hold it under their face yeah and they tell scary stories that's what it felt like that's what it reminded me of and i think that's what what's great about some of the like you can really make the environment that you're playing in match the mood and music just really adds to that as well do you nice. want to hear a horror story Housing prices in 2021. No. <laughs> no oh my no, God. I'm going to have nightmares. Oh, jeez. All right. But uh, Sean, I think you're going to talk about a game that I, I, we are universally, we can universally agree on is probably one of our top thematic games to play. So I'm glad season. you said that and segued into that because uh, Owen and I, when we were on time for our pre-show this morning, good friend, um oh yeah (laughs) owen doesn't agree he does not make really it does not make his top and i like i'm more interested in in his point of view because of this but like i know you and i gush over this game this is a game you and i have bonded over quite a bit um like my other half loved it so much she asked for it for christmas so i couldn't buy it (laughs) right away but the the idea of the game is you're making your way through um, an old town, I believe. I, I think you could call it a town. I don't think it's a village. Hmm. But you are trying to defeat old school movie monsters. And it is, yeah. the, the like, I don't know. It's simply the best. I think it's one of my favorite board games ever. 
right. it's a it's a co-op game. You work together to defeat these monsters, but you also have to make sure that you're helping the townspeople leave. Yeah, so or get to safety. Yeah, that, that's that's basically it. And I really like the game. I do really like Horrified. It is an awesome game. It's tons of fun. It's very campy to me. It's not scary. It's it, it's like you know you're fighting Draculas and you're fighting you know, the creature mm-hmm. from the Black Lagoon and stuff and Frankenstein and stuff like that. And that's cool. And it, it is very well done. Art's great. Looks amazing. For me, like when I think horror, I, I think I, on my list, I put down three alien games. For me growing up, the scariest thing in the world was the alien from Alien. Like that thing terrified me. And I would stay up at night thinking, oh my God, this alien is going to like eat my brains or whatever. So for me, when I think about scary board games, I think about like Alien RPG or like Nemesis or Escape from Alien Center Space. Um, so that, that, that's kind of my thinking about uh, about Horrified. I really like it and I like the theme, but like I find the 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 creatures too like a little campy. That, yeah, like it's it's a very me. it's a very colorful board, and it's not. It's not scary in the sense that it is a game that's going to make you lose sleep for right. sure. But it is, I think, a perfect game to play at this time of year because these are the classic monsters that have kind of expanded the horror genre. Right. right? Like you have in this one, it's you're, you're competing against a selection of monsters from... Um, Dracula, um, the mummy, Wolfman, the invisible man, creature from the Black Lagoon, um, Frankenstein's monster, and the, the bride, bride of Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster, right? So, or monsters with the word the in front of it. Well, they actually call it, I think they call it just Frankenstein, which is actually just the monster. Like, it's the doctor. But anyway, so right. um, I, I agree. I absolutely agree that this isn't a scary game per se, but I think if you're playing with a group of friends and you just want to have a good time without really being, you know, trying to get into this like dreadful sense of something's hunting you to kill you at every turn, I think this is a, pr- a great example. This is a great game because it's, it's easy to learn there's a ton of replayability because you select which monsters you want to go up against. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while like Sean, I showed this to you. I brought this over to your place and we played it and it took, how long did it take um, you guys to learn it? Not very long. The I think first within game. the first, the first, you know, few rounds, you know, we've, you, you guys had figured out how to play and then it leaves so much room for strategizing. So, and yeah. I think that's what makes this game so good, especially if you're having a, some friends over for like a party or whatnot, or you're just hanging out and you just want to have a good time and play a game where you can just talk and strategize and and then just enjoy yourself without worrying about, oh man, we're going to lose this game again. You know? Yeah. No, you can I, make I, it as easy and as hard as you want. You like 100%. It. You're, it's the balance between hey, do I want to play a full-blown game of Pandemic where we could lose more than we could win? Or at least Horrified, I think, really blends the reality of, like, I, I guess you could call it, like, a meter-type game or a push-pull 
or a will they, mm-hmm. won't they win yeah. where mm. you never really know what's going to happen because every turn you take, the monsters have to move. Mm-hmm. And as the game gets more difficult or you're not completing the tasks, the chance of survival are a lot lower. Mm-hmm. But if you're completing tasks at a faster rate and you're working together as a team, you shouldn't lose. And it's not impossible to lose. And it's not impossible to win either, though, which I, I really like. It kind of gets that sense of those movies, you know, like where the monster is hunting a person and it feels like they're not going to win. But then ultimately they come out and succeed and defeat the monster. And that's what this game is is like. I, I really think that this is a... um just a game that everyone should have in their collection. It's great for this time of year. It's great for playing in October and spooky season, but it's also great to play in the middle of May. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, undeniably the, good. The cards uh, are thematic too, right? Like, like mm-hmm. they have cards that like describe like stuff that the monsters are doing. God, I forget. Yeah. We won't get there, too much into it no. though, because right. we are doing a showcase on it in our next episode. We yeah. don't want to, repeat but david do you have a few moments to play a fun game with owen and i yeah before we get into that though no i want to just mention that there is a sequel to horrified right coming out um it's either very late this year or early next year i forget it um but it's horrified american monsters so same gameplay mechanics same concept and everything like that different board layout but this one has the american style monsters so bigfoot Mothman, the Jersey Devil, and Chapa Chapabara. I don't know. And the Banshee. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. <laughs> Chupacabra. Banshee of the Badlands and the Ozark Howler. So this is really interesting. Very cool. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. I thought I saw some copies like floating around online, uh, but they're probably not for sale yet. Yeah, no, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as well a little more on our, our next showcase. So, Sean, what's this game that we're going to play? So, um, Owen and I want to introduce a new game for the end of some episodes called Brainstorm. Essentially, we're going to take a few minutes uh, on some of these thematic episodes so you guys have an idea what's going on. And we're going to pitch our own game as if we were just throwing ideas into a blender. And the theme for this little five-minute game, or however long we play it, is horrifying games spooky games hmm. okay so, I, so we I have hope... to come up we have to come up with a a, a game idea yep uh, it doesn't is... have to be like concrete you don't have to be like it's going to run exactly mechanically like this it's just a fun idea all right okay okay cool so, uh, i definitely think uh, to start off the 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 brainstorm throw it into the blender I think our game has to take place in a school, but not any type of school, an abandoned school. Oh, dang. of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how old is the school? Um, it was built uh, pre 1900s. Okay. Okay. I'm going to write this okay. down so we can yeah, actually uh, like, share all our ideas. I'm making notes. All right. Uh, I'm guessing that we're going to have a group of people in this school. So, are we co-op or are we individual? I'm thinking individual. Ooh. See, I'm thinking. I'm thinking co-op. 
Ooh. Okay. Now we have so I'm thinking I'm thinking there is something in the school, like there was an, an urban legend of something in the school. And we are people investigating and trying to find out the secret hidden thing of something. The okay. secret hidden thing of something. <laughs> okay. See, I'm thinking the other way where it's like we're all put in the school in different parts of the school and there's only one way out and we have to like like battle each other or like try to solve the puzzles and stuff before the other people to get out. So yours is just saw nine. Yeah, that's, essentially. That's all yeah. it is. Mm. <laughs> yours is just kill everybody yeah, my, at the school. My, mine is actually called saw nine. And <laughs> David's version is more like, uh, uh, how would you put it? You, every, you're like every other, every other, <laughs> every other movie ever. It's like co-op game. A little boy died in the school, and you're trying to figure out what really happened. Did the janitor kill him? Was it the Ooh. principal with the candlestick in the it laboratory? Be, well, it could be like the 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 school was cursed, and every year a student would die. Oh, damn. For no reason. But what would happen is the student would always die in a certain area of the school. Okay. And based off of, you have to somehow connect each area to each other one. So like this, this student died in the gymnasium. Okay. Well, how does that connect to the student that died in the, I don't know, science lab? Interesting. Yeah. Something is connected between each of these deaths, and eventually there was too many deaths in this. They were all unsolved, but the school eventually shut down. People, what have I? Oh no! You're just you're reminding me of almost a show that's on Netflix. Chris watches it. It's called like The Order. There's oh, like never, this, never even heard of that. There there's go. like a it's like a hidden society of people who, like wizards and witches underneath this school kind of thing. Oh, interesting. But I think I got like the a, same vibe. Okay, I'm thinking more of like a paranormal. Right. Like the school was built on like an ancient burial ground or like some voodoo thing was going on or whatever, right? Uh, Once about, a year, the cafeteria water boils up to the ceiling. How about, how about this? Every turn, a student dies and it's like marked in a location and you're trying to solve it before like the whole student body oh, dies. Oh, snap. Right. You're trying to you have a time limit. It's like, oh, my God, we can't let another kid die. And another kid dies. You're like, holy shit. Now there's these two deaths. And like, how are they linked? And another kid dies. You're like, oh, my God, like all these kids are dying. And you're trying to like, now you got like this like trail and you're trying to like, you know, you're trying to solve it before everybody else is dead. Now, if it's an abandoned school, it would have to be the investigators, like the people going in there to mm. investigate. One of them would have to die. Right. Oh, so then if someone dies, instead of having, because we don't want player elimination, because that's one of the worst mechanics ever. Yeah, for sure. If someone dies, then they can turn into a ghost or a spirit and they can help guide the the living characters, but ah. they cannot talk. Interesting. They, they, they have to all they how they could. Nothing's worse than a player elimination game where it's not player elimination, but you have to shut the fuck up while you're sitting. Yes, there. yeah, Maybe. right. Because you get you'll get information on what what they have to do right to succeed, mm. uh, and what you could do is the ghost character can manipulate the map, the school, ah. so they can lock doors so that 
or unlock if they doors. want if they want the characters to go the players to go one direction they can lock a door interesting that leads the opposite way so they maybe. can still work together but they can't tell them what they're trying to do and so it's like maybe they can only lock one door at a time right so when they lock one door and another one that was locked unlocks so they have to determine where you know where are they going to lock a door or are they going to move something to get in the way or are they going to open up a cabinet that like, has, has like an item in there in that ah, yeah okay well how about this how about when you when your character if your character dies because of whatever uh you get dealt out cards and those cards have clues on them to kind of make it like you can't just do it like you have to have like a card oh, that yeah. says lock a door unlock a door open a cabinet kind of thing uh yeah, that that sounds pretty sweet. Actually, some of them could be like double sided. So, like for example, there's could be a card that has lock a door and unlock a door on either side. So, if you have you, to turn the key, if you do it. You flip it over so that ah. now the door is locked. You flip it over now it's unlock a door. So now you can unlock a door or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that's Sorry. cool. Kind of. I'm I'm liking this. I'm liking this idea. Um, the only other question I would have then, and I don't know if you touched on it there because there was so much information was. Do you have the board kind of work like betrayal where you get a lot of the pieces of the school and it's you as you discover it, like mm. it kind of has that fog of war. So you discover the school and the school is always different. Or do you have a set board piece like clue? See, for me, I always love games that have that fog of war, like that you build the board as you go. Like, and if you're in a place you don't know, like if you're in this place, and you're exploring it. That's that's my favorite mechanic in any board game is where you build the board yourself. It makes for replayability. It makes for an interesting kind of uh, board structure. Uh, either way, it would be good, I think. Or a double-sided board so you can change yeah. the board. So my only extra thought to that then would be like for items like the auditorium or the cafeteria or something. Wouldn't it be fun if you had to uncover the second tile? So you're like you're picking your pieces and maybe you're trying to like make your way through the school but the the card that you flip next is the back half of the auditorium now oh, you haven't okay. like if you've already played the first half of the auditorium well your turn's cooked because now the rest of the auditorium is built and whoever's near there can explore it whereas you don't necessarily like at, at least with betrayal you have the option of picking like upper floor lower floor basement so you do right. all those same things but if a room has been half unlocked, both sides of the room will have a door, but you have to unlock the other half of the room before you can explore it. Well, uh, I'm man. I'm thinking like flipping cards for like tiles. I think that doesn't really work for exploring though. You have to have the full room unlocked when you explore right. it. Mansions exactly. of Madness does it well where they have like a room, but it's cut into chunks where it's like, oh, you're in the first part of the room. And if you want to get mm -hmm. to the next part, it'll be another action to get to the, mm -hmm. the, the end. And then you can like search, use an action to search or whatever for that so other part. I'm thinking kind of for the board mechanics to have a set board with a few set rooms that is always never changing. So like the lobby or like mm -hmm. the uh, auditor, like the entrance, a few rooms, maybe the cafeteria. But then as you expand and explore the school those are going to be separate tiles that can uh, change as you're going so there's always a an area where you know is going to be the same but then every game is going to be slightly different depending on how you 
maybe like you found a, a secret door in the back of the cafeteria. Well, that leads to, and then maybe roll a dice, add some sort of random mechanic that will determine which room you're going to next. So then okay. what can happen is when someone actually dies and they're the ghost player, they could manipulate the positioning of, of the rooms room. as well. Right. right. So say the, um, the science lab was connected to the West hallway. Well, now maybe the, the ghost character could do an action that allows them to position um, the science lab that now connects to the Northeast hallway. Right? And maybe I'm thinking like maybe there's a mechanic where uh, depending on the positioning of stuff, it creates a symbol of some sort on the board that is also required to win. I don't know. That's that's interesting. These are all really great ideas. Goddamn. Is any uh, find a Kickstarter yeah. in like six months and it's yeah. going to be this exact same idea? Goddamn. Is there any uh, graphic designers <laughs> listening? We can uh, work something out and, and put it some together. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this actually sounds like a really good board game that I want to play now. <laughs> and, oh, and no. there you have our first rendition of our rendition of Brainstorm. What what's uh? <laughs> we need to come up with a title though. Brainstorm. No, no, not of the game, of the board game. <laughs> Brainstorm. It's called brain. It's it, it's in a school, so. Um, <laughs> the the haunting at three fifty five Avenue. I don't know Westminster. Westminster High School. <laughs> well, like a lot of like elementary school. I guess it would have to be a high school if it has an auditorium and a second floor and stuff. It could be any school. So. Um, Ichabod, uh, what's the guy from Sleepy Hollow? Ichabod Crane. Yeah. So you could be like um, Ichabod Collegiate. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> would be okay. like the name of the school, right? And and their mascot <laughs> would be a headless horseman, which Dracula, would make sense yeah. because the school was built pre nineteen hundreds. So what, what Dracula High, yeah. Doctor Acula High, yeah. It's a oh, medical school. Oh my god, I love it so good <laughs> this is fun oh so many great ideas tell us what you think or don't because these are our ideas we're running to a patent office right now because that's how it works make sure as always you follow us on our on your favorite not my favorite podcatcher i use itunes but some people use spotify and make sure you find us on our socials and tell us what your favorite spooky games are because I know for a fact I'm getting out of this studio and heading out to play some Horrified. But for myself, David, <laughs> and my good friend, but David's not good friend, Owen. Ooh. <laughs> we'll catch you on our next game. Ha 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 